When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to episode 257 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR podcast network. Sources Say is, as always, brought to you by our good friends at Justice Dental. Visit one of their two Lexington locations that's on Blazer Parkway and Wellington Way by scheduling an appointment online at justicedental.com or by calling 859-543-0700. You can even send a text message to one of their friendly team members at the same number to ask a question or make an appointment. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Dr. Thompson, Dr. Justice, and their team strive to provide you with good oral health and a comfortable environment. The Justice Dental team looks forward to seeing you soon. I'm your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Uh, Very happy to be joined. Less than 24 hours later after our last show, Sean, as we promised, we've been kind of waiting for the the big drop here. Uh, And finally, we get not one, but two pretty significant news items for the Kentucky basketball offseason. One being, obviously, the big one. Hunter Dickinson announces his commitment to Kansas. Um, definitely not a surprise. Uh, just reading the tea leaves, knowing their confidence going, leaving their visit and kind of what they uh, conveyed to pretty much everybody out there uh, uh, that they were pretty confident that they were going to land him. Uh, and then Lance Ware almost immediately afterward decides to put his name in the transfer portal. Uh, a little bit of a shock, I guess, more so timing wise. And uh, we talked before yesterday about uh, the lack of depth not being an issue uh, on this team. And now there's a pretty, pretty significant <laughs> question there at the five spot, uh, Sean. So there's going to be kind of a breaking news, rapid reaction version of this show. So don't expect a super long drawn out show. We just want to kind of uh, get our live thoughts on uh, two pretty substantial news items today. Yeah. You know, I, I talked yesterday that news would be coming, right? Like in, in each podcast that we do the rest of this month, I didn't know that it'd be coming as quickly as it did. And then last night you started getting a little bit of word out there that some of this stuff was going to happen. You now started communicating saying, okay, we're going to do an episode tomorrow, but we didn't expect it to be this early. I was expecting more mid afternoon into the evening, but no, it, I mean, it presents a lot of questions now for, for what Kentucky does. And I think it takes us back to what I felt like was probably going to be the most likely scenario when the spring started and we started talking about all this is that Oscar Sheboy was probably going to be in, end up being the primary target at the five spot. And now I think Kentucky shifts their attention to maintaining and building that relationship and, and getting a third year out of the unanimous All-American and the National Player of the Year. I, I think that's the direction Kentucky turns. But I guess the surprise to me is Lance. You know, I think once we got so deep into the spring here that I thought that Lance was going to be a part of this roster. And, and yeah, you're, you're right. Like right now, Kentucky's got two interior pieces and no depth. Like there, there's work to be done. I asked about uh, Lance and, you know, word trickled out last night. And, and you know, unfortunately, we record at, at a certain time. And, uh, of course, very shortly afterward is when the real scuttle, like more scuttlebutt and, and you know, Hunter at 1130 at night says that he's leaving Michigan officially, that he's going to make the announcement at some point today and uh, more Kansas talk after that. So it just obviously timing sucks and kind of dates our show pretty quickly. But uh, there was nothing 
cosmic about Lance Ware's decision to transfer. You know, asking UK about it, you know, was it a, just a playing time thing? And, and uh, they said, yeah, I mean, just I think he sees the writing on the wall. They're going all in on Hunter Dickinson. Didn't get him, but uh, going all in on the return of Oscar Sheway, continuing to reach out to new names in the portal uh, at, you know, at the five spot. And, you know, he's kind of become the the meme guy, the good vibes guy on the team, Sean. And, and it, that's great to have. And, you know, to have a guy that is so accepting of his role, it's a great thing. But, and we've talked about the show several times, he has never let on any sign of discontent. And that's like an amazing trait because that's the ultimate locker room guy. You need those guys in your, in your, on your roster. And I appreciate the fact that he never, you know, would vote, was vocal about his displeasure about a lack of minutes or whatever or touches or whatever the case is. He just was fully acceptance of being the enforcer, uh, you know, that, that type of guy. But when push comes to shove, uh, as Cal alluded to on, on his uh, tweet to him, and I want to get your thoughts on that as well, because Cal kind of worded things very interestingly. Uh, but when push comes to shove, guys want opportunities. You only have an X number of, of years of eligibility in, yeah, it's great to be a good vibes guy, but it's also great to be a good vibes guy on a team where you're averaging 30 minutes a game and putting up 15 and 10 at Boston College or, you know, name a Northeast school. I, I think that's kind of where he would likely go. But uh, at some point, something's got to give and it, it makes sense. I guess the only weird thing is just the timing of bringing in the Camden guys and having that connection of DJ being a freshman when he's a senior, the same way it unfolded in, in high school, DJ a freshman while he was a senior at Camden. It's, you know, that, that timing is weird, but you know what? You can't hold on to high school relationships forever. Like uh, at some point you got to do what's best for you. And Lance clearly thinks that that's the best uh, option for him. Well, with Lance, I actually thought that it would have made more sense for him to hit the portal earlier in his career than it does now. Like I, I thought that we had already kind of, you know, three years in probably established a role for Lance and what it was in this program. But if he wants to use that year of eligibility and then he still has a, a COVID year of eligibility too, if I'm not mistaken. So then you've got two years there that you could use somewhere else to earn a more significant role. I'm, I'm just not sure where, you know, where Lance goes, but Cal did add in his tweet that he knows he's welcome to return if he doesn't find the opportunity he's looking for. So we, we know that that is still on the table there according to, to Cal's words, but, but yeah, I'm, I was a little surprised with it. I, I, th I think once we got to junior, Lance Ware, I thought we would see senior Lance Ware at Kentucky. And uh, I mean, it's it's not from a talent standpoint and in minutes, I, I don't think it's like a significant hit. And I think everybody would agree with that. But when, you know, with what Kentucky has right now with, we were talking possibly four interior pieces yesterday and now it remains to be seen what happens with Oscar Shiba. And now Kentucky's down to uh, Ugo and AB. So like, it's it's a completely different scenario than what we were talking about yesterday. Because this is a uh, a kind of tightened version of our show, I want to make uh, make sure we get uh, our uh, sponsor in here early. My perfectfranchise.net and Andy Ludicky, a franchise consulting company that helps others find franchises that will fit their needs, skill sets, investment requirements, and time commitment constraints. You might have seen 
uh, Andy's name on KSR before us. He sponsors some of our recruiting coverage. He's super nice, great to chat with, and we're really excited to continue our partnership. Uh, Andy is an experienced entrepreneur and has been helping others go through the same process that changed his life 10 plus years ago. If you're wanting to find a way out of corporate America or a way to diversify, please reach out to Andy. He's got a ton of knowledge in this world, and best of all, his services are 100% free to you. Always nothing ventured, nothing gained. You can learn more and contact Andy anytime at www.myperfectfranchise.net or email him at Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, Sean, uh, going to the Hunter Dickinson commitment to Kansas, obviously Kansas is stacked. It's it's going to be a really uh, impressive roster over there. It was a good fit for him personally, just knowing the way they operate and feed the bigs. There's a stat that uh, it, it's almost identical to what Hunter got this past season at Michigan. It's exactly what David McCormick got uh, two years ago. Uh, very almost almost identical style of play and just fits him very well. And with the NIL conversation, it, it, it makes so much sense for him to go. And obviously there was the talk about the facilities and um, things that he liked at Kansas that maybe Kentucky didn't offer and things like that. What do you, what did you take of, I guess, all of the, the extra stuff that came alongside that, those conversations, specifically with NIL and the, the talk of, uh, you know, Kentucky, as we said on the show, Kentucky not – offering any guarantees that's not a game that Kentucky's willing to play uh, versus schools that are very openly comfortable making guarantees and throwing specific dollar amounts around. Uh, there's, it's such a polarizing topic, Sean. Some, some fans think that that's the future of college basketball and you've got to adapt with the times and do that. Others say, you know, it, it's still illegal. Like you still, it's, that's pay for play at that point. Uh, it's it's such a back and forth topic. I want to get your your thoughts on. Um, well, I, I think it's I think it's more damaging and dangerous to throw out a promise to a kid and then not be able to keep it, because then that is what can be turned on you and and negatively negatively recruited against you, right? Like at this point, Cal and Kentucky didn't throw out a guaranteed number, which means they were honest. And if that's the like they were straight up and didn't make promises, if that's what comes of this, then you can't really turn it into a negative against Kentucky when it comes to approaching other players maybe, but I, I don't know. Like it, it is reaching a point where, you know, you throw out pay for play and a lot of it, we probably thought that term was thrown out the door and thrown out the window when, when NIL became a thing. But I mean, these, these players are certainly being shopped. They're, they're checking their value at places. And, and I think visiting a place like Kentucky probably increases value for for every single player because if we know Kentucky's involved your your value as a basketball player it's the same as visiting Duke or Carolina or, or Kansas we we know your your value goes up when it comes to your availability in recruiting and also your our possible earnings so i don't think Kentucky took the wrong approach like i just think that that's a dangerous line to uh to go to you start making promises and then that you don't live up to it then you're getting hammered when it comes to trying to get other players and that's where it can really be used against you. So uh, I don't know. Like I, I, th I thought it was a very complicated recruitment and situation. I thought there were a lot of things involved. It ended up being a big time show, right? Like multiple podcast episodes and then a commitment. And then video ended, with, ended up not even committing on the yeah. barstool. Instagram. And, I, that's my favorite part out of all of this is they milked that so much for all the subscribers and stuff. And they didn't even get the scoop. I, Joe Tipton broke the news. It's amazing. Like, and then, three, like uh, just and then a, and then a graphic. The such, an, such an amazing finish to such a brutal uh, listen. Uh, that that thirty seven minutes of hell. 
Uh, it's just fascinating that they didn't even get the actual breaking news. And then a graphic to announce that I'm making a decision. You know, again through um, Joe Tipton. Shout out, yeah, Chandra. yeah, yeah. Which I mean, that that's great. Like you know, but it's I mean, look, he had fun with it, and it was a big decision for him. So, did, did you see his video that he released? Did you see that? It was a professionally done video, and it was also with Bill Self, like meeting Bill Self in person and telling him that he's committed. With an awkward high five. Very awkward high five. When do you think that was recorded? Like, when do you think that, like, how pre-planned was this? Because, again, the reason why I said on the show so much yesterday, it's like they were almost like uh, the way they were just arrogantly walking around and, like, telling people, we're going to match whatever offers out there for Hunter. We don't care what the NIL number is. And the, the the way it was like the exact quote was uh, they are mentally operating as if they've already gotten him and no, none of the other schools involved, w- they were conveying that level of confidence. And, you know, part of it is just do, like recruiting through back channels. Like I get that part, but it ended up kind of being right that they were confident, but was there a reason for that confidence? Was it because they had already recorded that, that video? I don't know. I thought the timing of that was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming that video wasn't recorded at every place that he went, you know, just in case like, Oh, let's get some footage here just in case I, I pick you No, that, that, that video had been recorded prior to the podcast the other day and definitely prior to 11 o'clock last night. So like that is, uh, I don't know like that. I mean, look, he turned into a big time story, right? We've been following it for what, two or three weeks now, the Hunter Dickinson mm-hmm. uh, recruitment and stuff. And I mean, when you're talking about NIL and things like this is just more opportunity for him to kind of market himself. And he, he put a video together and I mean, you're, you're seeing it now on the screen. I want to, I want to see this awkward high five one more time because I don't think Bill self already knew what was happening, but he's like, all right, what do I do with my hands? And he holds up the, other gla- holds up the glass in his hand and everything. Like, I mean, you know, wow. <laughs> Oh, what a what a, what a disaster! So, I want to get your honest, honest, genuine feedback on the facility conversation. That that was a purposeful, you know, several different people discussing that as a post visit discussion. I we I brought it up on this show, and I, I I think it's important on my end. But do you think it was something that you know Kentucky knew that it was going to miss him? and wanted to kind of say, well, we're going to lose him anyway. We might as well turn this into a recruiting, like a positive recruiting spin where, well, their facilities are better and we need to politic our way to getting these facilities because of the kind of civil war with Mitch Barnhart about getting the facilities. I think it's brilliant because me personally, I want Kentucky to get these practice facilities. I don't think Hunter Dickinson didn't choose Kentucky because of the facilities. Again, we said he's going to be here for one year. Who cares? A new facility wasn't going to be built by then anyway. But if you're going to lose out on the best transfer in college basketball and you know that mom did not like the, the, the facilities, said that they were, quote, old and dated, might as well use it to your advantage and say, yeah, mom of the best recruit in, in, in the transfer portal says that our facilities suck. Maybe we should do something about that, Mitch. I, I, I personally think it was, it was a brilliant move and I support it. I went to bed last night thinking that Cal shifted this thing to say, you know, let's bump up your NIL bag and you talk about our facilities not being great. 
I don't know again, if that's what, true. What but then again, I could see that. What being did we say? Now. What did we say from day one with all this when Hunter was first announced as a Kentucky target? That Kentucky had reached out. The yep. first text that I ever got was, "Hmm, I'm concerned that this is used being used for leverage." And I came yeah. on the show and I said, uh, "Kentucky is moving forward cautiously, you know, very cautious, understanding that." there could be a catch with all of this. And there ended up being a catch with all of this. I, a lot of this was orchestrated. And I still, as of right now, I, I, I still just educated guests knowing the different sides and where things stand with Oscar Shibwe and kind of their negotiations and trying to like battle with NIL and things like that it, it, with the, the people around him, things like that. Like, I, I feel like all of this was like an orchestrated, okay, well, if you're going to use us to drive up your NIL price, totally acceptable. We're going to use it to leverage into better facilities. And we're also going to use it into leverage to hopefully get Oscar Sheboy back. I think Kentucky handled this just fine. Yeah. And then if you, if you do get the announcement of some type of movement with a practice facility, then did Kentucky win this recruitment too? I mean, it didn't win it when it comes to on court, you know, play and things, but if, if that's the, kind of the the narrative that John Calipari wanted to push here and maybe the angle he wanted to take this, then, I mean, look, Mitch Barnhart can't really turn away from, well, number one player in the portal says our facilities are not up to par with Kansas, a blue blood program that has recently won a national championship and someone that we compete against in recruiting every single day and the winningest program in college basketball history. So do you, do you listen or do you turn your cheek and, and not do anything about it? And I said yesterday that it didn't hurt Kentucky in the high school ranks when it came to facilities, but what if it starts to? Jonathan uh, Brantley asked a great question that I, I think a lot of fans have. Um, I disagree with, but I, I do want to get your take on it. Why are you guys so thrilled to have Oscar back? Have you been watching the past two seasons? Yes, I did see him put up otherworldly numbers and become a national player of the year at the University of Kentucky and also do the exact same I mean, putting up like 30 and 20 numbers in the NCAA tournament, basically putting the team on his back and trying to will them to victory. And like, yeah, I, I did see the last two years, but that's not to say he's not a flawed player and that that there would be deficiencies to cover up should he decide to return to Kentucky, Sean. Uh, I, I guess assuming Kentucky goes all in on Oscar and says, all right, man, you're going to make more here. Let's kiss and make up. It's time to get this over with. Uh, this describe that 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 fit and how Kentucky can win in that regard and and get back to year one Oscar when they were you know a number two seed and in position playing you know playing as well as anybody in, in college basketball at times how did they get back to that while maximizing his strengths and minimizing his weaknesses I'm I'm telling you that the, the difference to me is Kentucky will have better guard play in year three with Oscar Shibway than they did in year one and year two. I, I, that's just plain and to the point. I'm, I'll stand by that. We're going to be sitting here in January and February. We're going to be talking about how much better Kentucky is at guard. I think that they have guys that are more equipped with long-term potential and upside to do things with the ball in their hands and more options to play through. Now, injuries and things hurt Kentucky's guard play the first year of Oscar Shibway. And then we know that it played a played a role this year with Kaysen and, and things. And then Sabir not even playing down the stretch. So Oscar was kind of forced into being the go-to option, and that's not going to be the case with a third year. If we can find 
Oscar Sheboy versus Duke in 21-22 in that season, in that role of Oscar Sheboy where he's just a cleanup guy on the glass. That is where I think Kentucky finds the best version of itself with Oscar Sheboy another year on the roster. And you have some options on the interior with, with Bradshaw and Ugana that I, I think that you you have better – I don't want to say better depth, but maybe more talented depth on the interior with, with options that you can use and you can roll out there. And I think guys that can make an impact in their role. So I think the right answer is Oscar Sheboy back. I, I do. I would actually be concerned if Oscar Sheboy's not on this roster and Kentucky doesn't add anyone else. I would, I mean, I think they have to add somebody, but I think getting Oscar back for another season to go with a better backcourt and people that can play with the ball in their hands and play through them. Oscar's not going to be option number one or two on this team, in my opinion. I want to address an elephant in the room, something that we have not been able to um, fully dissect on this show, um, just because I didn't want to make it something bigger than it uh, than it was. But now that Hunter is not coming to Kentucky, um, I do want to say there were really, really, really loud whispers the first EYBL stop two weekends ago that if Kentucky added Hunter Dickinson, that Aaron Bradshaw would be backing out of his commitment and going to USC with Bronny James. Like that was a very real rumor that had legs talking to people very, very connected to the situation. And and they, they were adamant that if Kentucky added Hunter from a play style perspective, knowing that he was going to be a high usage guy, kind of be uh, somebody that Cal would want to play through, and, and, you know, minimize opportunities for him to succeed, that there was a lot of talk that clutched. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Which was going to send Aaron Bradshaw to USC with Brian James. Like that was a very real rumor and, and something that I think everybody has been trying to just not blow up and blow out of proportion in hopes of, you know, convincing and saying, Come, no, we're going to get this figured out. So now that that is often, and they kind of changed the, it, talking to people even around clutch and and the wording shifted to where it was like okay well if hunter comes then aaron's definitely gone no chance that he's back like it's a done deal he's he's gone and then they kind of changed the tune where it was like well if hunter comes he needs to be guaranteed minutes at the four and guaranteed x number of shots to come back which is not cal's forte and just was that was not going to work so it, that's why it was always so touchy to kind of bring up the dynamic of the roster and including Bradshaw with all these conversations and how would Bradshaw and Hunter work together? Because when there when there's noise that loud about something is like, oh boy, that could really crush Kentucky's, I mean, ceiling of this team. I mean, could you imagine the PR nightmare that that would cause? But it was there. And now that Hunter's gone, and, and the, the, the difference with Oscar is if Oscar comes back, it's it's going to be something to the effect of 
we're not playing Oscar ball anymore. Like you're going to come back to play around everybody else and the pieces that we have in. And that's something that Oscar has conveyed that he's totally accepting of that. He's, he's very, very happy to, to move forward with. And I think Bradshaw is definitely more on board with that than the previous scenario. So I felt like it was time to at least bring up the possibility of, of, of of that. And now that I, I definitely think it helps. For sure. and, and and there's concerns, right? But you know, Oscar's usage rate has to go down this year. Like it can't be the number that it was. And even if Hunter Dickinson had been on this roster, his usage rate had to go down as well from what it was at Michigan. And I get the concerns about defense. I know what I get what people are saying. Oscar is not good in the pick and roll. Oscar is six foot nine. He he's not affecting shots at the rim. But you have a sophomore there in, in Ugo who we know didn't come back to Kentucky to, to not play. So we know there's going to be minutes there. We know that Bradshaw has, has length and, and some athleticism and, and can affect the game there as well. Like those two are going to play minutes. I, I think this would be a version of Oscar Shibway. Like you said, we're not playing Oscar ball. I don't think Oscar is going to be playing the number of minutes that he played the first two seasons at Kentucky, unless something just terribly goes wrong and, one of those two guys isn't ready for the moment and they they don't develop and they don't play as much. So I think that you could settle in on upper 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes of Oscar Shibway, and then kind of maybe blend in some things defensively and, and play Ugo some more minutes to affect some shots at the rim. Like Cal has options, but to me, getting Oscar back, a guy that can impact the game by not having to be the go-to guy, and he impacts it on the glass, offensively and defensively. You, you cannot – take away how important that is for a roster that I think is going to be significantly better in the backcourt. I I know we wanted to keep this like right at 25 minutes. So we're going to get out of here uh, pretty quickly, but last thoughts from you, Sean, Um, what's next? What is next for Kentucky to complete this off season? Obviously it's definitely more up in the air now than it was 24 hours ago. And and there's going to be a couple other pieces. I mean, you, you can't just, take back Oscar Shibway and say, all right, that's it. Have, have a nice day. Like there's clearly a need for uh, something else on this roster. What are you looking for from Cal to get this thing wrapped up? And um, with a season of such high expectations and uh, a necessary step forward where you get out of that damn first weekend of the NCAA tournament, his biggest offseason is as the coach of the University of Kentucky. What does Cal have to do to close this thing out? I, honestly, I think it's just roll with Oscar and Antonio Reeves. I really do. I don't. I don't even know. I mean, I, I think they're going to look at Portal to see what's there. I mean, we we still don't have the final call on Chris Livingston and, and that situation and, and things. But I mean, Lance leaving does open up a roster spot. Do they fill it? Do they not fill it? I, I don't know. I think we'll be able to tell in the coming days where Kentucky shifts its attention. Right? Like if they pick up some some intensity with some guys in the portal, but. But Jack, I, I keep seeing you know a lot of comments talking about the lane being clogged and and things like that with Oscar coming back and and yeah that's that's the case like we know if if Bradshaw's in there or if they decide to play Ugo and Oscar together like that's not something that we want to see but my whole belief of this was if they don't add a stretch four and I don't know maybe I'm just wish wishful thinking here but I would love to see a lineup combo that includes DJ Wagner. Rob Dillingham, Antonio Reeves, Justin Edwards, and in a big. Just to see what it looks like. You, and I you, think you if you don't, yes, and if you don't add someone else, it at least maybe entertains the idea a little bit more. And hopefully 
Toronto or this summer in Canada is where you look at it. Like that's where you look at it. It doesn't matter how you if you win or lose those games. That's what I want to see from Cal. It's not more so what we're seeing in May. I want to see what July looks like and if he does some things differently and actually experiments a little bit. Take advantage of that opportunity. You're not playing to win in July. You're playing in July to win in March and April. So that that would be my thing. I, I'm not I'm not of if you get Oscar back, if you don't get Oscar back, they have to add someone. You can't go in next year with those two bigs only. You gotta add someone else. As MC says, fill it with Holland. Big fan of, and that was also the the Bradshaw stuff was also part of the reason why I stressed so much in the various platforms about the need to at least like you gotta put feelers out to run. You gotta at least make it clear that a had something gone wrong with Bradshaw, that would have been a must get. Like there, and I think that there's a spot for him. And then there were some other questions about like um, uh, Josh Beverly says from that perspective, it seems like Bradshaw's camp would have an issue with UK adding someone like Grant Nelson. It, it was a style of play thing. It, w- it was basically Bradshaw knowing that if Hunter was coming, it was going to be a style of play that just did not fit him and would put him in position to be a top three or five draft pick. That that's what that's what Bradshaw wants. He wants to go somewhere that's going to put him in position to be the unicorn, step out, take jump shots, be a face-up guy, finesse, kind of you know utilize his skill set the best way. And Grant Nelson is, you know, I'm not a huge fan. I, I get it. I I also think he's leaning more NBA anyway, so I don't. I think it's kind of a moot point. But uh, I, I do, he plays that style of play where it's kind of the the versatile face-up kind of unicorn style of play too. So it'd be kind of those two counter each other, I think a little bit better where uh, I don't, and I think Ron Holland's kind of the same way adding Ron Holland. He's not a ball dominant guy. He he's a plug and play kind of guy. I, I think those type of concerns should be pretty cleared up at this point. I'm not saying it's like a done deal. Everything's good as gravy, but it, it, I feel much better saying that on this show today than I did 24 hours ago. And Definitely much more than a week before. So, yep. uh, but yeah, very, very, uh, very big sigh of relief in some regards, stressful in others, because now uh, it's on Cal to kind of, you got to get Oscar back. You, you got to figure that out, make, make it work. And if not, you got to find a home run, whether it's Ron Holland or somebody else in the portal, like you got to, uh, you got to close things out with a, with a home run and um, clock's ticking. We'll, we'll see how it all unfolds. Sean, let's get out of here. Where can fans find your work? You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. Find me on Twitter as well at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com with that. We'll be back next time for the Jam Packed Sources Say podcast. We will see you then. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.